here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? It is Michael here, and Happy New Year. This is going out uh, right near New Year's, so I hope you had a fantastic 2020, surrounded by loved ones, and by loved ones, I mean all of your high profitability keywords. I hope you know each one of them by name, and I hope you shared your New Year's resolutions with them directly, because those are the important parts of your day. And I am super stoked to be joined by our guest co-host, someone I'm having so much fun recording with, laughing with, and it's just been a complete blast. What's up, Destiny? Nothing much. Excited to be here, as always. Yes, it is uh, such a privilege to have you take time out of uh, what I can only imagine. It's a hyper-busy schedule, talking about all different kinds of topics, everywhere all over the internet, in high demand, but we've got you right here, so it's a special treat to have you on the show. Destiny, uh, I've pumped you up on the first episode. I think I did it on the second episode we did together. And here we go, round three. (laughs) I don't like to hang out with gurus, period. But uh, you are uh, incredibly knowledgeable about Amazon advertising. And I love jamming with you on all these different kinds of topics. Uh, This topic that we're jamming on today, we were like in immediate alignment on. um, So I'm really, really happy to... I think both of us dispel some myths about a topic, um, but you spend most of your time working on Better AMS, which is a fantastic PPC agency. You drop in incredible knowledge shares all over the internet. And, um, you know, I love hanging out with other craftspeople, people that really love the craft of Amazon advertising. Um, and it, it's it's awesome to to be hanging out over those last few weeks. Definitely. And super excited about today's topic as well, just because it's one of those things you see talked about pretty much everywhere, but no one actually has a fantastic answer for it. They just like to believe in it. It's kind of like Santa Claus. It's one of those <laughs> shiny things that, you know, sounds absolutely incredible in theory, but in reality, it's your parents. Like <laughs> that's, that's big destiny. On the flip side, Private label people, branded people, don't play this around your gurus because it's a very hot topic about... Yes, day parting, week parting, splitting the days up into hours, splitting the week up into days. Yeah, this one this one normally gets talked about. I'm going to pretend I'm going to do my best guru voice. <clears throat> Here I go. Here's a secret Amazon advertising trick that almost nobody talks about, but it is the key to unlocking mega profits. If you're not doing this, you're a total noob and you need to start doing it. 
you need to unlock hidden profit centers in your Amazon advertising. A million <laughs> to 3%. That's what Michael's telling you. It takes a yeah. million dollars and a 3% ACOS if you utilize this number one AI hack. Yes, a, a, it's AI hack. I didn't even I didn't even sell on Amazon, but Amazon advertising just sent me a big fat check for two billion dollars. Um, so this is day parting and week parting, uh, which is and and Stephen and I have talked about this on the show very briefly, but it is definitely worth re bringing up and re talking about because I can't tell you how many times I get asked this question: Hey, can we? automatically shut off our ads from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. every day? Or, hey, can I bid a little bit more aggressively on Fridays at noon, from, from noon to one? We get asked this question all the time, and it gets talked about a lot, doesn't it? A hundred percent. Yes. It always gets talked about because it's kind of put on a pedestal. And the reason it's put on a pedestal is because I don't think there is a definitive answer because the data is not typically there. Now I'm not going to discredit it. If you have an absolute incredible API algorithm that does single keyword, single ASIN hourly minute bidding, you could potentially see correlation with that structure. But at the end of the day, Amazon has actually released some data and from all the data we've seen in accounts and for what we know of consumer habits, it's not given to everyone to be ran at the most foundational level of running your bid ups by hand or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In theory, it's amazing. And, you know, Google ads has this feature and it allows you, it shows you, you click on something and it shows you every single day, every single hour of the day. So it splits the week up into these like grid and you can see all of your stats on that grid and then you can see like really obvious times where like wow during that time my click-through rate is extra way above average three four deviations over my average and then it's also converting way 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 better than my average something like that you know it converts 50 percent better during that time I'm going to go give those bids during that hour a 50% boost to take advantage of it because I can't afford it. Um, at, conversely, you, you'll see data that says, hey, during this time, you're converting 50% lower. You can go in and say, hey, I might as well apply some kind of 50% bid decrease. Maybe I'm also going to slash my budgets during this time. Whatever. That data is available in a platform like Google Ads, but there's no... You can't get that data from any report that you can download from Amazon. Uh, it just doesn't exist. So I think it'd be fantastic to be able to have this data and start playing around with it. But there's no report that tells you this data uh, for your Amazon advertising. And I think that to me is like full stop. Yeah. Yeah. I will say DSP has lightly released some audience insights but at the end of the day, I think the missing piece of the puzzle that people are not correlating correctly is that your purchases don't happen within two minutes of someone clicking on your ad. So the biggest misconception I see in the groups and things like that is someone will be like, all of my orders come in at 5 to 7 p.m. at night. 
and they kind of make the correlation that potentially that's when people are getting off work. So they start, or so they stop shopping or start shopping. But the piece that they're missing is those people that converted within those timeframes could have been shopping at 8 a.m. in the morning and clicked on your ad then. So if you would turn your ads off in the morning, you would have never gotten those purchases in the afternoon. And Amazon somewhat released this data to back that theory within their learning console in that they said that the majority of purchases happen five days after a consumer is made aware of a product. So when people are deciding to completely turn off their ads because all their orders come in at a certain point in the day, the part that they're forgetting is if you turn off those ads, you may never have even attracted that consumer in the first place. They may have never put your product in their cart. So yeah, you can test it, but there's a high probability that your sales are just going to completely drop. And yes, your ACOS may be much cheaper. That's because you're hardly attracting anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how about, um, so I I almost want to like recap what you just said. So what you just described was if somebody clicks on something during lunchtime and then comes home and makes that transaction and you, you see the time that they're making the transaction and you say, "Oh, Oh, wow. In the evening is where all my conversions are. And then wait a second. So, so you, then you look at your afternoon ads and you see that you got to click and get an order and you're like, oh, I better lower my bids and pause my ads, cut my budgets in half during that time. You could potentially be missing that click that would have converted at later that day, potentially tomorrow, the next day, 13 days from now. Um, so th- we have it for a reason. <laughs> that is, that is right. Uh, and so there's so many things there that we have like many levels of obfuscation from actually seeing that. Um, so it's difficult to sort of get like the true attribution time lag incorporated into our reports in any meaningful way. Um, so it, the levels of, of data that we don't have access to is really frustrating for these ads. Uh, I wanted to mention another statistic and I don't have it memorized, but it was essentially if you have um, it was an Amazon study. They launched a new product and then they use just sponsor products. And then in another case, they use sponsor products, sponsor brands. And then in another case, they use sponsor brand, sponsored products and sponsor display. Uh, and what they found was that by having all three, it shrinks the amount of time that you need in order to have an average review count for that product category. It shrinks the time when you had all three ads running for you to have an average uh, conversion rate for that category. So by having all three of these ads shrink the time and led to an overall boost. Now you can easily imagine a situation where uh, potentially the sponsored display got the first click, but it didn't get the last click order. And then where sponsored products actually did get the last click order. So then you're going to have this messy data now too, where maybe your sponsored display is showing you got a click without an order and then your sponsored products does show the order. Um, so there's this whole concept uh, from like a Google side, which shows assisted clicks, meaning things that were part of the con- click history that led to an order, but not actually the last click, uh, which is another thing that if you were optimizing just on that, you'd be missing out on as well. A hundred percent. And I mean, in theory, I don't think either Michael and I are like day partying sucks. In theory, I love mm. the idea of it. I love the spirit of Christmas. With mm-hmm. Santa. 
<laughs> I would love to have that data, that correlation, but to build off what you said, it's kind of like the really simple psychology hack of if, you know, you see a, if someone mentions a yellow car, you're constantly going to see a yellow car afterwards. The mm -hmm. same thing can go to brand awareness. If a consumer sees multiple ads everywhere, subconsciously, they're going to think of your product whenever you see it. I mean, that's the reason that Coke runs their polar bear commercials. They have billboards everywhere. Everyone knows Coke's name, but they still want you subconsciously in the back of their head at all times. So that's a factor you can't even correlate is what is your ad doing subconsciously when they see your headline search ad in your copy, they see your sponsored display on a competitor's product. What is that doing? And with that, I think the biggest definitive answer to me of whether or not, you know, I would even consider day parting is just, we don't have enough data. So you can test mm -hmm. it, create one ASIN, create a few keywords, see what happens. Maybe you have a number one competitor that's driving your CPC up to $20. And then when they're out of budget, it's $3. That would be something to consider. But at the end of the day, there are consumer shopper marketing habits that we're not aware of or that are rapidly changing due to COVID. There's data we're not given. And that's what makes day parting a no for me. Mm -hmm. Right. I am totally aligned with you on this. I do. I, I wish we had the data that we could analyze and then confidently say, yes, we indeed should bid more aggressively. Yes, indeed, we should shut off our budgets during this time or cut our budgets in half and our bids in half or whatever it might end up being. I would love that kind of capability because it's awesome. Like that's what we do. Like we like to optimize things. We like to look for those, those areas that um, not everyone uses and then be able to take advantage of it and have this sort of mover advantage to those that don't take the time to analyze things. But unfortunately, the data just isn't there. It like pains me to, to not be able to do this. And I mean, that being said, you know, I do think it's interesting uh, just for the purposes of uh, exploration. I've seen some analogs between um, so at one point in time, I was a huge fan of fixed bids on sponsored products. And now I've started to see people better able to hit their target ACOS with up and down, dynamic up and down. Um, I'm doing like an internal study right now of like a whole bunch of different campaigns where, you know, what is the target ACOS for this campaign? What is the bidding strategy for the sponsored product campaign? And I'm starting to see up and down because Amazon claims that it incorporates some of that mm, time variance conversion rate-ness into each hour. Uh, and I'm curious if you've potentially heard the same thing, start to see the same thing. I have not personally dove into the data, but... The core of what you're saying is, you know, Amazon taking the data they do have to make our ads perform better. And I know a lot of people love to think that Amazon's out there just to take our money and run with it. But at the end of the day, if Amazon wants people to spend more money, performance needs to be better. So Amazon doesn't just create tools for us to just throw money at the wall and hope it sticks. They're slowly rolling out things, I mean, in theory, to make mm -hmm. our advertising experience better. So I think that is a fantastic call out. And I think that'd be a great thing to test and know that Amazon's going to get better. <laughs> right. Uh, when I attended AdCon, it was very like top of funnel focused. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they brought out the guy who's in charge of sponsored products. 
And I was like, yeah, I love this guy because he was he was so down in the weeds of like nitty gritty optimization. And basically what he was saying is that up and down only does take into account a lot of this time behavior variance where even if a customer was spending a lot of time browsing, uh, they know that this customer is probably going to be more likely to convert to the, like the dynamic up would say, hey, this person's going to probably be more likely to convert. Let's bid a little bit more aggressively on them. Um, so I think it's something really interesting and probably worth an update episode in a couple of weeks, couple of months, uh, once I sort of finish crunching that data. Um, so there's, there's that component. The other component too is, you know, what do you say to people that like absolutely positively want to do some kind of day parting. And they say, well, I'm just going to go, I'm going to download all my reports and I'm going to find out what my average ACOS conversion rate, all the relevant metrics for every Wednesday of the last 20 Wednesdays or something like that. What are your thoughts on that? My typical first response is like, well, can you tell me what the click was that drove that sale. When did that get, ad get clicked on a Monday and then they purchased mm -hmm. on a Wednesday? Because we are not given that data within Ad Console. I believe it is rolled out on DSP beta, possibly. But until we're given that data, it's just like a shot in the dark and you want to come up with these correlations. Like how many times a day do any of us look in and basically like, ah, oh, this is ad type so much better based off your limited data set. Like at the mm -hmm. end of the day, we don't have that. So theoretically, it's fantastic to say. I always say, just test it. If you believe yeah. that strongly in this theory, test it, but also keep an open mind to the actual reason of why, yes, your ACOS is decreasing and your possible sales are maintaining due to external factors, not because of your day partying. Right. And that's the other thing too. A huge proponent of telling people like, I don't know, let's go find out. Let's go test it. Um, What's difficult about PPC, like the most difficult part, is it's very difficult to prove causation. Um, so even if you were to do that, did you actually have enough data going into it? And did you have enough data coming out of it to really confidently say it? Um, if you just type in statistical significant tool, like testing tool, uh, a lot of people just made these like very simple calculators. It's like clicks, or conversions, before, after, uh, and then clicks, orders, like before and after. Uh, and then it tells you if that conversion rate change was actually statistically significant. And it's really difficult to actually do a statistical significant test when, you know, we're considering if I go back and take this one keywords performance over the last eight weeks, you know, it had maybe 50 orders over those eight weeks. And then I tested it for two weeks and now I've got like so many orders for two weeks, it's like so difficult to run that test. So you, even if you were to run it for eight weeks and eight weeks, it might not even be that different to, to draw significance. So there's so much going on there. It's tough. I, I wish we had the data. I did not expect to be discussing R squared formulas on this podcast in terms of statistical relevance. I'm going to send this to my AP stat teacher. <laughs> Ooh, you know, I'm taking a statistics and probability course right now it's yeah. i it's it's great being a student again when it first started i was like oh my gosh it's so easy <laughs> so easy so easy and then i found myself taking 45 minutes to work on one problem and i was like yes this is excellent uh so yes i'm taking a statistics and probability course that's great amazing mm -hmm. and i did want to throw out one thing that you said and we throw it out before we even hopped on this podcast 
are the aspects of seasonality. And I kind of mm -hmm. lightly dabbled on external factors. But one thing you mentioned was like the seasonality of an item. And I think that's a huge call out because like I mentioned, consumer habits are changing. You know, prior to COVID, you could probably find correlation in some set of data that people purchased more on their lunch break because they were, you know, or maybe they clicked more because they were window shopping on their lunch break and then they purchased more afternoon. And then everyone went to work from home. And now from our squared perspective, there's probably much less correlation between purchase times and work times. So that's something that, yes, on that small limited time frame, you may have the data to prove that turning off your ads at this point still drives sales. But in all reality, you cannot predict when your consumers are shopping, you know, especially nowadays. Maybe originally the majority of our consumers were teachers and during the school time they were purchasing on their lunch break or at five. But then summer hits and if your ads are completely turned off during the middle of the day, they may never see them. So it's like you have to consider all these factors and not only test and then come up with your hypothesis, but continuously test based off everything we don't know. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Said very well. Uh, so that is it. Day parting, week parting. Love the concept. Very difficult to implement with the lack of data uh, that we have. It's very difficult to even test this if you wanted to truly find out. Uh, and I'm curious uh, what people's thoughts are on this topic because um, I know it's something that um, you know. I know people have tried. I know I get asked this on a very regular basis uh, when you know. When should they do day parting, week parting? You know, will we support it? And my answer is normally like, well, when we get the data from Amazon, then, then, then. Uh, so it's it's really it's pretty tough to to get this down. Uh, I'll, I know that I'll be in our Facebook group talking about this at badger.com/slash/facebook. Uh, with with that, I hope everyone had a fantastic New Year's. And uh, Destiny, thanks so much for coming on the show. Do you want to do you want to send us off? I don't have anything fully to say to, as a send-off. Is there a specific script here? <clears throat> yes, you go, you, 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 you point at the camera, you look at the camera, and you say, I'll see you inside the Badger Den. I'll see you inside the Badger Den. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, have a good one, everyone, and we'll see you next time here on the PBC Den Podcast.